From Trinity Episcopal Cathedral, this is Stations of the Cross, an audio Lenten pilgrimage. This is Station 2. Jesus takes up his cross. This is Nathan LaRude. I'm the Dean of Trinity Cathedral in downtown Portland, Oregon, and I invite you to come on a walk with me. And as we walk, I invite you to watch for places that suggest to you desolation or devastation. You might see signs of winter's ravages on a landscape, or maybe you're in a city or a town and you're seeing signs of abandonment and despair in that city. A lot of cities are struggling right now. But watch for places of desolation as we walk. In the city of Jerusalem today, contemporary pilgrims sometimes walk the Via Dolorosa. This is the path through the city that has served as a focal point for devotion for many centuries. It's where actually the tradition of walking the Stations of the Cross originally comes from. But across from the city, across from the winding streets and the shrines of the Via Dolorosa, across the Kidron Valley on the slope of the Mount of Olives, there is a tiny church called Dominus Flavit. That church commands one of the best views I know of the city of Jerusalem, and it commemorates that moment in the story of Palm Sunday, as the gospel writer Luke retells it, when Jesus stops and looks out over the city of Jerusalem. He sees the temple, which towers over it in all its glory, the center of his religious tradition, the focus of his people's love and devotion, and he sees the city to which he has come to die. Luke 19, verses 41 and 42, As Jesus came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. If only you had recognized the things that make for peace. I think about that verse sometimes as I take walks in my current city, downtown Portland, which is shut down and boarded up after months of pandemic and protests and economic devastation. Downtown Portland has felt to me a little bit like a war zone sometimes. And some pundits are wondering what it will take for the vibrant urban life that Portland was once famous for to return. I hope that it will. I trust that it will. And yet I think about Jesus' words of, of warning to the city that he so loved, if only you had recognized the things that make for peace. In the late 1500s, the English Catholic composer William Byrd wrote a series of motets. They're known as the Jerusalem motets. They set Latin scriptural texts that lament the fall and the devastation of Jerusalem. And writing this music in Latin, presumably for use at secret celebrations of the Latin Mass, which was illegal in England during this period, is generally seen as a reflection of Byrd's own feelings of lament for the loss of his religious tradition, the loss of the Roman Catholic Church in England. Byrd was a secret Catholic who worked for Queen Elizabeth, who was the head of the Anglican Church, and he managed to walk the political tightrope of these years in the English Reformation. The tensions that William Byrd held as a secret Catholic at the court of a Protestant monarch must have caused him a great deal of suffering and pain. 
I think I hear some of that suffering in his motet, Civitas Sancti Tui, which is one of my favorite pieces of music. And it's a piece that I sometimes listen to as I walk through what feels like the devastated cities, the wildernesses in my own life, whether that's downtown Portland all boarded up or any place where the winter devastations of pandemic, isolation, loneliness, and disconnection seem to have won the battle. The words that Bird sets come from the book of Isaiah. Your holy city has become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem has been made desolate. I particularly love the way that Bird sets the words, Zion has become a wilderness, Zion deserta, these deep bass tones, a searching lament for a lost world that might never return.
Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus says, if only you had recognized the things that make for peace. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, bird sets, you have been made desolate. I don't know about you, this world feels a little bit desolate to me right now. And yet this second station of the cross, traditionally named Jesus takes up his cross, invites us to enter into that desolation, not just from a place of lament, but with the conviction that the world's desolation is sometimes the cross I am invited with Jesus to take up. When the Holy One looks across the Kidron Valley and beholds the city he loves and weeps for it, he does not then turn away his gaze and walk away. Rather, he sets his face and walks directly into that desolation, into the devastation, into the pain and the grief, the boarded up doorways and the smashed windows. The English poet R.S. Thomas captures that sense of the second station of the cross so beautifully, I think, in his poem, The Coming. And God held in his hand a small globe. Look, he said, the sun looked. Far off, as through water, he saw a scorched land of fierce color. The light burned there. Crusted buildings cast their shadows. A bright serpent, a river, uncoiled itself, radiant with slime. On a bare hill, a bare tree saddened the sky. Many people held out their thin arms to it, as though waiting for a vanished April, to return to its crossed boughs. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. God, whose beloved Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption. Give us courage to take up our cross and follow him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Stations of the Cross is a production of Trinity Episcopal Cathedral in collaboration with priests from across the Episcopal Diocese of Oregon and is made possible in part through donations by listeners like you. To learn more, visit trinity-episcopal.org give and stay in touch with us on social media at trinitycathpdx. Mm-hmm.